Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. And uh, sorry to get your hopes up. I ran the Chris and Carrie show intro today, but unfortunately, Carrie is busy doing Carrie things, karaoke in particular. Uh, so he's going to be unable to join us. Uh, but we do have another special guest for you, and we got some fairly exciting news. Actually, I should say it's really exciting news. Over the last two and a half years, uh, the world's been turned upside down. Our governments have failed us. Uh, they've caused division in our society that I haven't seen since, well, since I ever, since I can remember. Um, and as uh, somebody else who I, who I know has said, I haven't seen the level of discrimination in the last two and a half years ever in my entire life. Um, I said that I stand behind the Premier's comments on that, and I'm going to stick to my guns on it, not because I uh, think that there, isn't, there aren't other issues with, with discrimination and stuff in our society right now, but it's never been accepted, perpetrated, and advocated for by our governments. Um, they've never encouraged people to do that. So uh, when I say that I haven't seen that level of discrimination, I mean it, and I don't care what you say. I'll stand by it. So, uh, our guest tonight is Leighton Gray. So, many of you may know Leighton from, well, I mean, who doesn't know Leighton Gray? He's been fighting for freedoms ever since this began. He's involved in numerous um, court challenges and, and, and lawsuits, and he's defending a lot of people that have been persecuted by the government. And now he's doing something bigger. So, uh, I'd like to welcome Leighton Gray to the Chris Sands Carey Show. Hey, Leighton, how's it going? Uh, well, I, I can't say that the show has been diminished by Carrie's absence. I love Carrie, but I'm still very, very pleased to be on. <laughs> I'm sure he'll comment. I think he was going to try and throw some earbuds in while he was um, doing hosting karaoke. So we'll see how that goes. What What is his chosen, like, what's his best karaoke? Like, does, does he do like a Justin Trudeau, Bohemian Rhapsody? Or does he do Buddy Holly? Like, what 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 is his thing? What what's his best karaoke? Well, I haven't heard him do any Justin Trudeau karaoke, and I'm assuming that's because he wants people to continue coming to karaoke. <laughs> um, but really, he, even that's the song. So that, mean. Well, it's the truth, you know, and I'm all about the truth. Um, I got to say, even if there's a song that Carrie can't nail perfectly, like tone wise and and vocals wise, uh, he's so entertaining. It's just, oh, it's yeah. all great. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And if anybody's watching and they're looking for something fun to do tonight, shoot Kerry message, find out where he's at. Maybe he'll comment where he's at because I already forget and uh, see if you can go join him down there. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I, I think I have a karaoke moment coming up. Uh, the APP asked me to appear at their October 28th Halloween soiree. And I'm going to break out my uh, Elvis Presley Aloha jumpsuit. And, uh, and so that my karaoke thing is, is Elvis. That's my favorite all-time singer. So uh, uh, now, obviously, I'm going to have to find a really good wig. Uh, but, 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 but the jumpsuit still fits. I tried it on the other day. And uh, tell you what, I'll be a hunk of hunk of burning love come October 28th. That sounds like fun. And with the wig, you're starting with a clean slate. So it's, uh, it'll work out great. <laughs> Uh, my my you're favorite. So karaoke. mean! You're so mean. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a bit of a mood. But yeah. So, uh, my favorite my favorite karaoke to do is share. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm. I can do a, a perfect share karaoke impression, 
but only when nobody's looking or listening. Okay, so, now clarify, is that before or after auto-tune? Oh, before, yeah. If I'm okay, in the car, okay, I'm singing, okay. singing a share song, it's, you wouldn't even know it was me. You'd think it okay. was yeah. All right, all right. So anyway, uh, what's going on? We haven't been on in a while. Uh, we seem to catch up to each other every now and then. Um, but I hear you got some big stuff brewing. Actually, well, I know you got some big well, stuff. Well, firstly, uh, I have to say, I would be re remiss if I didn't mark the moment. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Um, yes. We were fighting this for so long. And when I'm on your show previously, I've been talking about Dr. Dina Hinshaw. And uh, she's not fired yet, but uh, it's very close to um, her being shown the door. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm individually responsible, but when I got the news the other day in the office, uh, the staff saw me running down the hall with my, uh, my hand in the air, the number one. I was like, that was a great, great moment for those of us who, who endured, but well, especially people like you, um, who endured the, you know, the tyranny of, of this woman. And uh, uh, it, so, so I'm just so, so pleased and excited and hopeful that great things are, you know, are coming. And when I hear that uh, people like Dave Redman, you know, are there uh, working with the transition team, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great sign. So uh, that yeah. I'm very hopeful about that. But to answer your question, um, we're doing a lot of the same stuff, but also some new stuff. We're fighting, still fighting the vaccine mandates. People got to understand uh, this isn't done. There's still a lot of a lot of work to do. Uh, to quote Winston Churchill, "This isn't the end. It isn't the 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 it isn't the beginning, but it's the end of the beginning." Right? We've 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 got to start. Uh, we we have to keep going. We need to be vigilant. We have to make. We're getting into the stage now where we must avoid complacency and we must begin to hold the people who did all these heinous things accountable. And uh, at the lowest levels, the highest levels, we're talking about big pharma. We're talking about government people like the Dr. Hinshaws of the world and Jason Kenney's uh, and, you know, the Justin Trudeau's. I just read the other day if people think that COVID is over, they should know that Justin Trudeau uh, has just spent over uh, seven, or I believe it was $74 million ordering more doses of these awful vaccines. Uh, the, the, these, these vaccines that, that cause grievous bodily harm and death. Uh, this stuff is not over. And uh, so we're still fighting. We're still fighting a lot of these cases with, you know, companies like ADCO and, and uh, CNRL, CNCP, Canada Post, Purilator, on and on and on. And uh, we're still fighting with them for justice for workers who were, were put out of work because of these vaccine mandates. But more importantly, very recently, we have uh, a new collaboration with uh, Full Steam Ahead that we're very excited about. Full Steam Ahead is uh, a sponsor of a class action that we are developing right now uh, for people who are victims of vaccine harms. So these are people who have been injured because of the vaccine, people who have lost loved ones, um, are eligible or are going to be eligible to participate in this class action suit that uh, we are starting with the support of Full Steam Ahead. It's a collaboration. We're very proud of it, very excited. I was just speaking actually with a man named George Bears, 
whom you might know, he's with Take Back Our Freedoms. And uh, George is very interested in this lawsuit. And uh, I was talking with him and they, they want to get involved and lend their support uh, to it. So uh, the wonderful thing that uh, is happening right now, I was talking with George today, and I know you'll agree with this, Chris, is that um, you, know, you know, people like you and me and others were sort of, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the cold winter of, of the lockdowns and COVID, we're sort of slugging along on our own. We were sort of in our own echo chambers. And, and the great thing about what's been happening over the past six to nine months is there's a coalition forming where I've gotten to know, you know, people like yourself and Dr. Roger Hodgkins, Hodgkinson and uh, Jeff Rath, uh, you know, just people who are, are, uh, are doing a lot of great work and, um, and, but we've been doing it sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> as the COVID lingo goes, you know, uh, uh, you know, alone together. And now what's happening is we're coming together and we're forming these alliances and working together in coalition. And I just think it's so empowering and uh, it's very exciting what we're going to be able to do when we, we all put our heads together and work together towards a common goal, uh, which is to, to bring justice back to, to society and to healthcare and, and to hold uh, a public inquiry into what has been done to us and to hold the people who perpetrated these evils against us accountable. I know that's, that's, that's the common goal that all of us seem to have, um, but um, it's, gonna, it's a big job. It's not gonna be easy uh, bringing down these powerful people, but um, that's the task that we have. And so this, this, uh, this new lawsuit, this collaboration with Full Steam Ahead that's the goal it ultimately it's to hold big pharma and and big government uh accountable for for these harms that have been perpetrated against innocent canadians so there you go that's the news folks um uh, full steam ahead made a decision to uh, assist leighton gray and his firm in representing and giving a voice to people who have been injured uh by what the government has made them do um, or, you know, family members who have lost other family members because of this. And if you don't think that's a real thing, it is a real thing. You're going to find out soon. You'll find out soon, hopefully soon enough. And I've, the comments are really going here. Like there's a lot of people asking questions. And one of the ones I noticed, uh, it's, it's mostly about, uh, my employer fired me for, for not getting this, this jab. Mm -hmm. Um, now what? So, uh, I'm, I just want to take a minute to explain why I felt it was um, a good path to go down with helping you with advocating for those who, who have been affected by the by the jab itself. Uh, as you mentioned before, you're currently involved in a number of lawsuits against employers who have terminated their employees for refusing to do something to their body that they didn't want to do. Is that correct? Yes, so, that's very true. Um, a few other lawyers that I know of, they're doing the same thing. Like there's lots of companies and individuals in court right now over this. If one of those goes to court and wins, what happens for the other ones? Well, we all win. And, and uh, one of the things that I'd really like to do, I'm glad you, you mentioned that, Chris, because when I was speaking earlier about uh, forming alliances and coalitions, um, I'm, I'm very, very interested in working with other lawyers who are, who are doing these cases and collaborating with them so that we can share information, share data, 
uh, we have we have just an incredible uh, lineup of all-star witnesses, uh, just uh, like expert witnesses. I'm talking about uh, you know uh, people like Dr. Eric Payne, Dr. Roger Hawkinson, Dr. Byron Bridal, uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, really just incredible world world-class uh, medical experts who are going to testify for us and. Um, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to form uh, alliances in, uh, with other lawyers so that we're sharing information and, uh, you know, sharing data, this, the, the, the expert evidence, because, uh, you know, we're up against a, a very, very tough and powerful foe taking on, you know, big pharma. We're talking about multinational, multi-billion dollar, uh, uh, you know, companies, and um, they're not going to go down easily. Um, it, it's it's going to be a lot like you know the historic battle involving big tobacco, um, and uh, so it, it's a it's a huge fight, uh, but it's one that has to happen. And um, you know, the more that the lawyers can work together towards you know you know achieving a common goal, uh, which is bringing justice to the people who have been harmed by these uh, these awful drugs, um, you know, th then we're really doing the good work. That's that's we're using the law as a leveler uh, to empower people and to and to do justice. Uh, the law has been used against us. Um, and now we have an opportunity if we work together and we do the right things uh, and we're smart and we're tough and we're patient, um, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that point where we can actually hold uh, these companies and these governments, you know, accountable for the harms that they've caused. I mean, sadly, many people have died right now uh people within within earshot of your program need to understand the number one killer in alberta right now is vax is is unknown causes and that's a code word for vaccine deaths okay the number one killer in alberta last year in 2021 was unknown causes that's vaccine deaths okay the the number of unknown of deaths from unknown causes um since 2019 has increased tenfold folks and it's going up we had over 5500 people in alberta alone died from these unknown causes by july of this year okay we'd already gone past what it was in 2021 and the reason why is very clear it's because of the boosters the boosters are increasing uh the risk to everyone dr roger hodkinson uh, is is a, one of the best authorities on this. He explained this to me. Each booster increases the risk uh, exponentially of, of uh, grievous bodily harm and death. And, and yet we have a government in Ottawa that's still pushing these vaccines. In British Columbia, still pushing these vaccines. They're buying, using taxpayers' dollars to poison us and kill us. Um, so as I said, the, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough fight. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we need to garner all the public support we can, uh, but you know what? We're we're fighting for justice and we're on the right side. So, I believe if we all work together toward a common goal, then uh, we're going to get there. We're going to achieve justice for people. Now, I'm going to take a moment to speak to the people who are watching this, who are pounding on their keyboards and saying, "No, that's not what it is. This is completely normal. This is completely normal." If this had happened in any other time except for now. If there was something going on where there was mysterious deaths, there was even a whiff that a drug might be dangerous, there would have been an alarm sounded 
and it would have been full stop. It's happened before. It's happened numerous times in history where something's been going on with a drug. And because um, the, the medical professionals prefer to err on the side of caution, they stop using it. As a matter of fact, um, any new drug, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago, but any new drug that comes on the market within some period of time, I believe it's 15 years or 10 years, everything adverse that happens to people taking that drug is attributed to that drug until the pharmaceutical company can prove that it isn't. So here's, here's the, the takeaway from this. Something's going on in this province and in this country and around the globe. We don't specifically know what it is. I mean, we have a very good idea. It's pretty easy to put two and two together. But we don't specifically know what is causing all of this, these issues. Now, a responsible government, a responsible politician would say, listen, we're going to stop doing this and we're going to find out the truth before we continue, especially before we, Rachel Notley, tell people that this is something they have to do. And if they don't do it, they're bad people. That's why I, I, I stopped putting my, my faith in politicians, because we have 87 MLAs in Alberta. Two of them stood up and said something about the vaccination program, that we have to maybe look at this. Two out of 87. And they're still pushing it. They're still allowing this to go on. So I have very little faith in our politicians. I have faith that our politicians can get some policy stuff done and maybe bolster the economy and and do some things like that but when it comes to sticking their necks out and saying things that are hard to say and taking the heat for it for the greater good i got no faith and that's why what you said about you know us forming these coalitions and working together and seeking out people who want to fight this and make a difference is so important so i uh, judging from the comments layton i know there are very likely hundreds of thousands of people in this province alone, likely millions across Canada that would, would like to be involved in something like this, um, whether they're a witness or a plaintiff or whatever. So, so how, do, how does that look? Like, wh where do we go from here? What's the next steps? That's a great, uh, great question. Before I answer that, I just want to mention something that uh, um, Dr. Eric Payne, those of you who don't know Dr. Eric Payne is he's uh, a courageous doctor. He was the head of pediatrics at the Stollery Children's Hospital. And he wrote a brilliant letter a year ago um, uh, when when he was essentially cancelled and told that he would not be able to work as a doctor unless he took the jab. And he took a courageous stand saying that this was wrong, that, that this violated the doctor of informed consent. Anyway, uh, he was on my uh, podcast, a Shameless Plug, Grey Matter, uh, yesterday and what this is what he said he said right now alberta is in a much more serious health emergency than covid uh ever posed we are in the most serious health emergency ever right now because of what's going on with these uh, these quote unquote unknown uh, inexplicable deaths so we are in a state of health emergency right now and um not only is our government not doing anything about it they're covering it up they're hushing up the doctors. So uh, what's the next step to answer your, your, your question, Chris? Right now, what we're doing is we're developing something called a class action. A class action is, for those of you who don't know, is a lawsuit that many, many people, really, there's, there's no limit to the number of people who can participate as long as they fit within the class. 
So the class of persons who would be eligible to participate in this suit would be people who have suffered some degree of harm as a result of the COVID-19 vaccines. This does not necessarily, necessarily require that you had taken the vaccine yourself. If you've lost a loved one uh, who was killed because of the vaccine or someone, uh, your children or, or your spouse or somebody was injured uh, by the vaccines, you're, you're still eligible because you've suffered harm, some degree of physical, emotional, financial harm. So the class of people who can be involved in the lawsuit is very broad. For that reason, um, this thing is, is, is going to be a little bit unwieldy. Uh, what we're doing right now is we're developing the expert evidence in support of the case, um, which I talked about. And, the, and so it'll be those key experts. We're working on that part of it. The other part of it is, is we're building a class of plaintiffs the class of people who will be able eligible to participate in the lawsuit and because we're expecting so many people are going to be in, involved in this uh, from all all across the province and, and indeed from uh, other parts of canada um, it's going to take a while to develop that class but that's okay we're we'll be able to draft the lawsuit and then we'll be able to define the class in the class action the lawsuit and then we'll be able to get the lawsuit going and then have people will have a time frame within which people can join the lawsuit and uh and they'll be able to sign on to it and be me a, a members of the class um so th those are the key pieces right now is we're building the class we're developing the lawsuit and we're we're um we're developing a, a stable we're growing a stable of expert witnesses who are going to be able to testify about these harms uh in a way that's authoritative uh and persuasive so those, those are the keys. So um, people who are interested in getting involved in the class action, the way to do it is to contact uh, my firm, which is graywokespencer.ca and indicate your, your interest. Um, we also are receiving, have been receiving many referrals from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. They've been referring people uh, who have suffered vaccine type harms for several months now. And so, we actually have a group of uh, close to 100 people already uh, who uh, we think are eligible to, to participate in this particular uh, class action. It's going to take a while. Uh, people should understand it's going to take a while for this to move its way through the courts. We're going to we're going to meet with a lot of resistance, uh, but uh, there's just no question. In fact, uh, you know, Dr. Payne said so yesterday. He said it's just a matter of time before um, the truth about these vaccines uh, is exposed. He mentioned to me that uh, for those of you who remember something called thalidomide, uh, which is a drug that was uh, was actually given to to pregnant women uh, back in the 60s and 70s, um, it took six to eight years before there was a recognition, uh, public recognition about the harmful uh, effects of that drug. Uh, so um, hopefully it's not going to take that long uh, to establish publicly uh that uh that these vaccines in fact do cause harm and are killing people um dr Payne doesn't think it's going to take that long in fact he thinks we're you know we're very close uh to that point particularly with some of the revelations that are coming out of pfizer for example just the other day pfizer acknowledged publicly that they never even tested their COVID 19 vaccine for transmission so remember those of you in i believe december of 2020 when Dr. Hinshaw came on her press conference and she said, these vaccines are 95% effective 
at preventing infection and transmission. That so was false. It was false. Right. That number was yep. never anywhere. Yeah, that is false. That was false. But how many people relied on that uh, and, and got the jab? So, um, yes, uh, these, these things are false. We can prove that they're false. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're going to have to work very hard and we're going to need all the public support we can get. Uh, this is going to, everybody who's watching this, I hope you'll, you'll, uh, you know, sign on to this and, and tell your friends and neighbors um, to awaken to the reality that the COVID-19 pandemic was a complete and utter fraud and it was orchestrated in order to do harm upon the citizenry. It was all for the purpose of uh, having us take these, these hateful, uh, heinous drugs um, that are purely experimental and that are harming and killing people. Uh, the only good news right now, and this comes again from Dr. Payne, is that the response of parents in terms of taking their children to be vaccinated has been extremely low. I was very heartened to hear that, and I'm very glad. And anyone who's listening to this, please, 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 if you have children, do not take them to have this, this thing put in their bodies. The state of Florida has banned it. They've banned it in Florida. You cannot put this thing in your child's body legally in the state of Florida. And I hope that we reach that point here in the province of Alberta. I'm, I'm very, very supportive of our our new premier's uh, COVID-19 policy. And... Um, she said that she's uh, she's going to be uh, assembling a new team of uh, people who to run Alberta Health Services, and I'm confident that uh, that she is going to do that, and that um, we'll be rid of Dr. Hinshaw and these and these people uh, with this agenda to vaccinate every man, woman, and child in Alberta. It's just it's it's really the the greatest um, health uh, travesty, public health travesty ever. Uh, in in history, it's it's never been done on on this scale, and uh, we've you know it's the, 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 this type of case and and others like it are so important. They're so the and and these vaccine companies, the, the these pharmaceutical companies and governments knew this was coming. They knew this even before they brought the vaccines out, because behind closed doors, governments provided big pharma with with something called an indemnity. They said, don't worry, we'll protect you from getting sued. The problem is, I've seen the indemnity. It doesn't protect, it doesn't protect Big Pharma because it only protects Big Pharma in situations where there's no fraud and there's, and there's no malfeasance. Well, we have both here. Malfeasance means that uh, these vaccine companies like Pfizer and Moderna knew, knew that they were doing, that these drugs could do harm and did not disclose that to the public. That's malfeasance and fraud. So I'm confident that that, in, that indemnity is not going to hold up and uh, that these governments are going to be quite happy to have big pharma end up holding the bag. And believe me, folks, uh, they can afford they can afford to pay these damages. I they hope it bankrupts them all. They actually budget for it. That's what makes me sick. Yeah. These pharmaceutical companies, they roll something like this out and part of the accounting is X number of billions of dollars for lawsuits because they know they're coming. Yep. It's sick. And it, yep. some of the things you said, Leighton, um, if it was, if you were talking to me five years ago, I would have thought, man, this guy's kind of out there. Like there's no way. But if you're in that situation right now, I'm not talking to you, Leighton, but you watching, if you're in that situation where you think what we're saying and what we're suggesting here is far out, 
I want you to consider something. In our medical system in Canada, what's the purpose? I mean, everyone says, oh, we have free health care. It's great, right? Well, we don't have free health care. What we have is a free $40 or $60 visit to a doctor who then gives us a prescription for a drug and we go and pay for it. We have um, a medical system that wants us to be on certain drugs. That's what they use to fix us. In this country and in the United States over the last 50 years, there are all sorts of alternative medicines which have been um, cast in a, a, a dim light by the medical community and governments for a long time because they don't bring people towards drugs that make money. Cannabis is a really good example. Cannabis was stigmatized um, in North America for, well, I guess a couple hundred years. And it's a medicine that's been used for thousands of years in almost all parts of the world with incredible success stories. The health benefits, like we're just barely starting to understand the benefits. But this is something the government told you that you weren't allowed to use. You weren't allowed to use this particular natural drug for your health. You were only allowed to go to the doctor, which the government pays for, it's free, and get a prescription from the doctor so that you can go and buy a drug that's manufactured by a big corporation that lobbies the government and gives them money. Like the, the way this works, it's not, I'm, I'm not glad that COVID happened, but I'm glad that it made people pay attention because what is going on is disgusting. It's lies and fraud, systemic lies and fraud throughout the whole thing that push people into doing things that make other people rich. And then when people like you and people like me and Dr. Payne and Hodkinson and Alexander and Bridal and all these, all these good men and women speak up, they're persecuted because they're no longer acting in the best interest of the system that keeps all those people rich. It's disgusting. And people probably will think I'm far out for saying that. I would have thought that five years ago. But the more you, re you, you figure out and, and find out what's going on behind the scenes, and why we're pushed the directions we are, the more you realize this was never about health. Our free healthcare in Canada has never been about your health. If it was, diabetics would have free insulin. Uh, if it was, there, there would be all sorts of alternative therapies available, um, specifically for cancer, which is on the rise. Um, there would be alternative treatments that are showing success, that are in trials right now, offered to you. If it was about health, our government would have explored alternative early treatments for COVID, including hydroxychloroquine, iver ivermectin, uh, vitamin D supplements, and um, and iodine, iodine and peroxide flushes in the nasal cavity. Things that they do in other countries. But they don't do it here because it's not to their benefit. And the sooner people wake up and realize that if you don't pay attention to what people are telling you to do, you might end up being pushed into something that isn't to your benefit the better off we're all going to be. And that's why I am so hopeful with what you're doing here because it's not specifically going to make CNRL um, give a remedy to their employees. But what it's going to do is it's going to take a sledgehammer and it's going to knock a chunk out of this dam. And behind that dam is all this truth about what has happened over the last couple of years. And it's going to it's gonna make a hole in that dam. And when that happens, it's only a matter of time.
And you said this is going to take probably a long time. I, I hear class action lawsuits can be 8, 10, 12 years. But all throughout that, all through those stages, more and more and more truth comes out. And as more truth comes out, all of these people that are that are commenting on here about, well, what do I do? I was fired, so what am I supposed to do? All of a sudden, they have the ammunition, the justification, the moral and the legal uh, justification to seek a remedy from the people that perpetrated this on them. And now it's even worse, Layton, because we've been telling uh, the government for two years. And those doctors you mentioned have been like screaming, waving their hands in the air saying, stop what you're doing, government. Listen, here's the science. Stop it. You're hurting people. The government knows. So now if they continue to push people in this, if they continue to perpetrate this fraud on people and those people die, it seems to me that our government would be complicit in murder because they knew. Yes, and that's that's part of what we we would be saying in the lawsuit. Um, I was reading some of the comments here, Chris, and I, I just want to say something to some of the people who are saying on here that I'm I'm spreading conspiracy theories and that they're trusting the science. Well, let's talk about the science. Um, I've been fighting these cases for over two years, um, and myself and Jeff Rath uh, have read probably over 20,000 pages of science uh, concerning COVID-19. I still don't know what their science is, but I can here's some science for you, okay? Masks don't work. There is not a single authoritative scientific study anywhere showing the efficacy of masks, okay? There is no scientific study anywhere, authoritative scientific study, which says that you can get COVID-19 outside. So the whole concept of the outdoor super spreader event, read the Bowdoin Rodeo, was a complete and utter hoax. There was no science behind that. Well, let's talk about uh, the federal government's travel restrictions. We now know for certain, for a fact, that there is absolutely no scientific basis whatsoever for the government's travel restrictions. There's no scientific basis whatsoever for that. Let's talk about some more science. Let's talk about ivermectin. Ivermectin has been shown to have a 98% effectiveness at treating COVID-19. 98%. This has been known for a very long time. Ivermectin is a drug uh, that uh, was the subject of a Nobel Prize winning uh, scientific discovery in the 1970s. We know all about ivermectin. We've known about it for a very long time. We know that it's harmless, far less harmless than, than you know, DNA-based, mRNA-based vaccines, which aren't vaccines at all. So when people talk about conspiracy theories and they say, uh, I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to trust the science, I don't know what science they're talking about because we've spent two years fighting with the Alberta government uh over covid lockdowns which they say are based upon science and i can tell you without any hesitation there's no science there's absolutely no science they haven't produced one iota of science that supports their theory of covid 19 that supports lockdowns that supports uh vaccines these vaccines 
according to Pfizer themselves, based upon scientific data that they tried to suppress. They asked a court to suppress this data for 75 years. And here is what Pfizer's own data says. They didn't test. They never even tested for transmission. They didn't even test whether the vaccine prevented transmission. Their own CEO of their company said publicly that their vaccines do nothing to prevent infection. That's nothing, not a thing. It doesn't do that. The only thing that, that Pfizer says their vaccine does potentially is reduce the severity of the effect of COVID-19. But folks, that's not science. That's anecdote. That's people saying, oh, uh, I had COVID-19. It was terrible. I got so sick, but I'm so glad that I took the vaccine because if I hadn't had the vaccine, you know, it would have been much worse. That's their science on the effectiveness of vaccines. So forgive me, folks, if I get a little rankled when I, I see people making comments about uh, th this guy doesn't know any, this guy's talking conspiracy theories. Uh, sorry, folks, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody within earshot or watching this who has read more of the COVID-19 science than I have. While you were watching Netflix, I was reading COVID studies, okay? So uh, to, to, I'm sorry, I get really annoyed when people start talking about the science. The only, you know what the science is? It's political science. That's poli-sci. When I'm talking about these vaccines, I'm talking about science, hard science, okay? From, from interviewing people uh, and uh, on my podcast and from reading counsel, countless studies, meta-analysis from places like Johns Hopkins and the Mayo Clinic. That's the stuff I've been reading. That's the science I've been reading. So if anybody who's commenting, commenting on here calling me a conspiracy theorist, talking about the science, I, I will sit down with you eight days a week and compare the science I've read compared to what you've read. Because what you've been reading is, is on the CBC website. Sorry, uh, uh, Chris, I got a little excited, but when people no, call me a conspiracy right. theorist and they start talking about the science, I uh, get a little rankled because uh, I've actually read the stuff. You know, they, there's nothing new under the sun, Leighton. This has been happening for years. And it always seems to be the people that sound the alarm and stand up and advocate for those who can't do it themselves, they're always persecuted or they're attempted to be persecuted. Um, a long, long time ago, a man through science and testing and observation determined that the earth was not the center of the universe and we actually revolved around the sun and they were going to burn him at the stake unless he recounted because it didn't go with the science of the day. The doctors that sounded the, or the doctor that sounded the alarm on thalidomide was also persecuted. This is nothing new. And so I would like to say um, on behalf of all these people who have no voice, uh, thank you for doing that because it's not an easy thing to do to be the subject of that kind of ridiculous stuff. Now, at the same time, I'm going to do my very, very best to offend some more people here. I've been <laughs> a lot today. If you have seen what's going on in the world and you know that there's probably something different, probably something weird going on, um, you realize that there are people speaking out against what the government's telling you to do. As a matter of fact, they're screaming from the rooftops. 
and you still continue to bully and push people into doing this, or you still say, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, you can't come see your grandkids until you take this shot. Even though you know that Pfizer has said um, on the record that it doesn't do what you expect it to do, what your government told you to do. If you continue to do that, and the people that you try and bully into doing that to suit your own fairy tale ideology, they are injured or die, that's on you. No more Mr. Nice Guy here. Rachel Notley telling people that this is safe and go ahead and do it. And if you don't do it, you're a bad person. If those people die or are injured because of what you told them to do, you have that on your, on your shoulders. Now, on the other hand, you could be one of those people who hate me because of my position on COVID, who hate me for speaking out against the jab, who hate me for everything else. But now all of a sudden, maybe you think, hey, there is something here, and that is we should probably find out the truth before we continue. So let's stop and find out first. And if it's unsafe, we'll stop. If we prove it to be safe, let's continue. If you're one of those people, please don't be scared to do that. Um, I think a lot of people got to set their egos aside here, and specifically our politicians who basically pushed this on us for two and a half years. They have to set their egos aside and stand with the people. Do what's right for the people. Because like like you said, Leighton, this, the truth is going to come out. Um, I, I actually had a chance to talk to Eric, uh, Dr. Payne in Ottawa there a little bit. And yeah, even back then he was like 100% convinced that with the information we had then, we could easily blow the whole lid off this if they would only listen. So the beautiful thing about this now, what you're doing, is it forces them to listen. They have to listen because that's one of our constitutional rights is to be able to have our voices heard in a court of law. And, and um, when that happens, they, they can no longer ignore it. Now it's on the record. The other thing that's really sad about uh, the situation involving uh, people like Dr. Payne, Dr. Payne is just a brilliant doctor, a Harvard educated doctor. Um, just whenever, whenever you talk to him, I know you had this experience, Chris, so this guy is a big brain and, and this, he, uh, before COVID, uh, he was specializing in discovering cures for childhood epilepsy. So imagine this brilliant 40 year old doctor is not working at the Stalwart Children's Hospital. If he were at the Stalwart Children's Hospital, he would be there every day saving lives, saving children's lives, saving your children's lives, your, your children. But he's not there. He can't be there because he's speaking the truth about these vaccines. He's defying the medical college uh, every, every day. And they can't accept that because doctors in this province are not allowed to speak the truth. And so we have these brilliant doctors, people like Dr. Eric Payne, principal doctors. Every day, children are dying because he's not there at that hospital doing what he does best. That, that you know, so not even just talking about, yes, the vaccines are bad. But when you start to extrapolate from that and talk about the cover-up, the hushing up of doctors so they can't tell the truth and, and preventing brilliant doctors. Uh, Eric Payne returned from a, a lucrative job in the United States to, because he's, he's from, 
He's from Alberta. He's a proud Albertan. He returned within a couple of months of taking a prestigious job at the Starwood Children's Hospital. Um, he, you know, COVID hit and, and he couldn't work anymore. So th this is the cost, folks. It, it's not just the jabs. It's the cover-up. It's the politics. And uh, you talk about Rachel Notley, you know, um, Vernie Yu, Vernie Yu, uh, Notley appointment. Dr. Hinshaw, Notley appointment. We have a Minister of Justice today, um, Mr. Shandro, who was the Minister of Health, who presided over all of this heinous stuff. And he's the Minister of Justice right now. Do you think that he's going to hold himself accountable? Do you think it's an accident that Mr. Kenny made him the Minister of Justice while all this stuff is coming out? And I found it interesting yeah. that his tribunal before the Law Society was adjourned until next year. I wonder if that's because mm -hmm. it would look really bad to have the Minister of Justice appearing before the Law Society for um, uh, what was his uh, conduct unbecoming. Well, I can tell you that uh, they're uh, they're pretty they're pretty woke down there at the Law Society. Uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're awfully liberal down there. Um, so I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting uh, great things to come out of that quarter. Um, you know, based upon this, um, I don't think we're going to see any accountability. Um, I have to say. Sadly, I don't have a lot of confidence in our judiciary right now with some of the decisions that are coming out. Um, some of these uh, arbitration decisions where uh, these these grievance arbitrators, labor arbitrators, judges are simply parroting uh, this this 2020 claptrap about safety and efficacy of vaccines. And, you know, governments were just doing their best. Were they really that this is the best that our government can do? Uh, force us to take an experimental vaccine that that uh, that maims and kills us. That's the best our government could do. Was it unreasonable to expect our government to do some of its own research to determine whether or not these vaccines were actually safe and effective? What was it unreasonable to to expect our government not just to take big pharma's word uh, at face value that these these vaccines uh, were safe and effective and couldn't harm us? Was that unreasonable? I don't think so. I think our governments uh, were negligent. I think uh, Dr. Dina Henshaw was grossly negligent. I think she should have been fired a long time ago. And I think that's a main reason why Jason Kenney has been fired uh, by the people of Alberta. And uh, I think uh, I, I think he should resign his, his MLA position. I don't think he's fit to serve as a, as a member of our legislature. Um, and and uh, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm expressing the opinion of, of many Albertans. Uh, I don't want to hear another word from Jason Kenney. I want him to, to just go away. In fact, I want him arrested. I think that he deserves that because he presided over all of this and he permitted all of this harm uh, to, to occur to Albertans. These are the people we have to hold accountable. These are the people in power positions. And um, we cannot stand for this, folks. We cannot let them off the hook. We cannot be complacent. Um, and uh, anybody who thinks that COVID is over, dream another dream. Another dream. It's not over. Uh, they're they're, they're going to keep going with this stuff as long as we allow it. I agree. And they do this stuff because they think that they're not going to be accountable. They have nothing to lose. But I want to, well, actually, first off, I better, I better get this out. 
I'm quite confident that this social media platform is probably going to um, give me a suspension because we're actually speaking some truth here. That's the way it goes. And you know what? I don't care. Um, this, this truth has to get out. So if you, if you are, if this is giving you some hope that something is going to change and we're going to make some progress here, please just take a moment and share this on your page. Get this out to as many people as you can. Um, I've got recordings. I'll be uploading it to other social media platforms, but of course, Facebook is the biggest one. So make it go viral. Tell, let people know that somebody, Leighton Gray and his firm, are standing up for the people who can't stand up for themselves. Let them know that there's some hope here. Um, share it. Share it as much as you can. And the other thing I want to point out is, I said that the government does did this because they really there's nothing they have nothing to lose. They have no skin in the game. Justin Trudeau, he's got no skin in the game. I mean, if a bunch of people die because Big Pharma puts a bad product out, uh, he just washes his hands and he collects his checks from his investments that benefit off of the vaccine vaccine in production. So he's happy. He's got no skin in the game. But the people who did have skin in the game that I have tremendous respect for, the ones that actually saved lives by going against the status quo, sticking their necks out, risking persecution, eventually losing their jobs, losing their financial security. Dr. Gary Davidson, Red Deer, treated people with ivermectin in the first stages of COVID, successfully saved dozens and dozens of lives. Dr. Gary Davidson managed the ER at the Red Deer Hospital. He came to visit me in February, early February or late January uh, 2021. When I opened my restaurants against, restaurant against the restrictions, he sat across the table from me and he said, Chris, do not stop. I manage the ER in the hospital. What they're doing is wrong. The restrictions are wrong. This is all blown out of proportion. Do not stop. At that time, he told me that he couldn't be public because he wanted to, he needed his job. But eventually he said, you know what? I can't do that. I can't hide the truth anymore. And he came out public and he told people that he was helping people. He was doing house calls and saving people's lives with um, treatments that were being used in other jurisdictions successfully, but our government in Alberta vilified. He was persecuted, um, investigated by the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and now he's living, I believe, I think he's in the States. Uh, Dr. Daniel Nagasi, treating people, treated people with ivermectin in the Rimby Hospital, saved lives, has been advocating for truth and justice and, and all of these things ever since unable to practice medicine in Alberta or BC under investigation by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta. Dr. Byron Bridal gave up his, actually didn't give up. I guess he still, I think he still has his tenured position, but stuck his neck out big time to speak out about the fallacy of this vaccination program. And out of everybody who I've ever speak about, the, about vaccines or medicine for that matter, he is the smartest, sharpest, guy I've ever heard talk about this. He knows his stuff. He's been speaking out ever since. Dr. Paul Alexander was a senior medical advisor to the White House in the Trump administration. Evidence-based uh, medicine for, for decades. Um, built a career on evidence-based medicine. This came up. He couldn't stay silent anymore. Stood up, said something, stuck his neck out. Same thing. Almost lost everything for it. Dr. Roger Hodkinson. He should be on a beach somewhere. The guy's 182 years old, Lee. I don't know if you know that, but he's 182 this year. He should be enjoying his time with his beautiful wife. He shouldn't have to be flying around and driving around and speaking at all these things, trying to wake people up, but he's doing it anyway. 
because it's the right thing to do. Dr. Dennis Modry, same thing. He should be retired. He should be enjoying his his life. He's also, I think he's younger than, he's much younger than Roger. I think he's only 118. But <laughs> he shouldn't have to do this. Um, Dr. Eric Payne, Dr. Julia uh, Ponesi, doctors, Dr. Peter McCullough. I mean, the list goes on and on. Dr. Hoffey, it goes on and on and on with all of these men and women who have risked their financial security and their position in their career in order to sound the alarm. And that makes me even more sad that our politicians who really have nothing to lose because they're supposed to be our voices haven't stood up and said something. Well, fortunately, we've had some very, very brave doctors, and you mentioned some of them. There, there are more, uh, but uh, we're very fortunate. We've had some brave doctors to stand up for us and to, you know, stand up for truth. But um, just to give you an idea, you know, of how um, bad it is, folks. Um, the other day, when uh, our new premier um, essentially said that uh, that Dr. Dina Hinshaw is no longer going to be our chief medical officer of health. Uh, Jeff Rath and I got together and we said, you know, this could be a real problem because uh, right now we have a judge who's going to render a decision in the Ingram case, which I've talked about on Chris's show before. And we thought, well, this is really interesting because uh, if the judge uh, accepts what Dr. Hinshaw said in that case, and upholds the lockdowns, the constitutionality of the lockdowns, um, that would actually uh, create a very bad precedent for Alberta because Alberta is moving our health uh, policy in a new direction. And so uh, we, we went ahead and we said, uh, we sent over a consent order to the lawyers who are handling this case on behalf of the Alberta government saying, look, why don't you just concede? Why don't you just say, yeah, you know what? Chief Medical Officer of Health uh, violated the Alberta Bill of Rights. Uh, she also violated the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And, uh, and, and by the way, you know, pay all of our legal costs. And we'll be done with this. And we thought this was a very sensible solution. So we wouldn't have this decision on the books that could potentially, that people could potentially use if, if it goes against Albert, Albertans. Uh, people could uh, could potentially use that case against, uh, you know, the new government. And we got a response back in under an hour. Nope. Nope. They're not going to concede the case. So our current Alberta government uh, is not, will not admit, even now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Danielle Smith because I don't think it ever made it up the chain to her. But uh, the current Minister of Justice will not acknowledge that the lockdowns were wrong, will not acknowledge that they violated your rights. It's because he's an old narcissistic weasel, Leighton. Well, I'm just saying that's where we are right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very, very hopeful that our new Premier is going to uh, her transition team are going to import, uh, uh, appoint some new ministers and that we will get a new minister of, of, of justice because we need one. Uh, and, and Albertans are owed an apology 
we're owed an acknowledgement that all of this that was done to us was wrong and that it will never happen again. Uh, and, uh, you know, that isn't going to happen unless, you know, this is going to happen to us again unless we get that acknowledgement. And also we need to take away the power from government uh, and also from judges uh, so that the judges cannot uphold these terrible decisions the way they did to people like Chris. So much work to do. Yes, there's lots. It's it's it, that's a great part. I mean, I'm the kind of person I love having lots to do. I get really bored when there's nothing to do. So it's great. It's great. We have to take that attitude, right? We've got a big job to do. It's a great job. It's noble. Uh, there's never been a better cause in our lifetimes. And you know what? Like Preston Manning says, do something. Get out there and do something. Get involved. Go to a rally. You know, uh, come to an APP meeting. Uh, get involved with your local school boards. You know, write a letter to your MLA. Uh, do something. Get out there. Do something. We can all do something. Everything we can do is valuable. Um, there's no telling the difference that one person can make. Everyone watching this, everyone listening, you're all important. You can all make a difference. You just got to get out and do something. That is absolutely true. And I've been, uh, I've been really frustrated because it's like, I'm, I do a lot, but it seems like not a lot gets done. If the, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's the same old things over and over and over again. And we're, it seems like we're working so hard to try and make some change. Um, with, with full steam ahead, for instance, uh, I run a restaurant, a store, a campground, uh, we try and do drive-in movies when we can. I'm a very busy guy. And I have an organization called WS Full Steam Ahead, whose entire purpose was to help people that have been affected by what the government's done. That's mm -hmm. the whole purpose. And for a year, we've been going through emails from people and having conversations, people who got fired from the jobs, and we, we want to help them. We want to do something. And it's like there's there's so many. There's thousands of them. Where do you start? Which one do you pick? And when I, you know, when I realized what you had going on and other lawyers have going on that are already um, taking employers to task for doing that, that gave me comfort that because I know that when one wins, it's a precedent set and they all win. Mm -hmm. So, so that's taken care of. Now this comes up and I try to imagine a world in which Pfizer is forced to pay remedy or any manufacturer for that matter, is forced to pay remedy for a drug that they made that was forced on people. And the trickle-down effect. Well, this employer forced this drug on their... Well, and, and I say forced, I should be using the word coerced on people. So the trickle-down effect to me, it, it seems like this would deal with all of the bad things that happened, except for, of course, bring people back, um, yeah. give them their time back with their loved ones that they, they missed out on, those types of things. But even more important than a financial remedy, which I certainly hope people get, is a peace of mind remedy so that people can be comfortable knowing that they weren't crazy to question this. They weren't crazy to exercise authority over their own bodies. They weren't crazy 
to protect their children from the unknown. You know, that, that is what motivates me at this point mm -hmm. is seeing that the, the changes that could potentially result from the truth finally being out in the open. I, I would say that people who refused uh, the vax were, were wise, truly wise um, and brave. And they, they were part of, and, and, our, and our new uh, premier uh, said it very well, they're, they're, they're part of the most discriminated group in, in recent Canadian history. And, uh, uh, you know, she said it very well, and it's very true, but the most discriminated against minority in Canada is still the individual. And, and that's what this boils down to. And I know you've talked, you talk a lot about this and you talk very eloquently about this, Chris, at uh, the APP meetings about uh, the importance of individual freedom, individual liberty, uh, which is the, the cornerstone, the pillar around which uh, our entire way of living in Canada uh, is built. That's the bedrock of it. And these vaccines are, are just, uh, you know, in the lockdowns, it's all part of uh, a disintegration of a plan to destroy that, that tradition, that individual liberty. And uh, we must, we must uphold that, that liberty. And uh, the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can restore it um, is by asserting it continually, all the time and to not permit governments uh, and uh, these big pharmaceutical companies and uh, social media and mass media to do this to us ever again. But, uh, you know, we can't be nice about it. We can't be polite about it. We have to, you know, there's power in a positive no. And um, the people who said no to the vaccine, to me, they're, they're, they're heroes. They're, they're heroes. And, uh, and so God bless everybody who did that. Um, and keep doing it and we're going to have to keep doing it because uh, these vaccines they're still here our government is buying more they're going to push them uh, hopefully you know we'll have some uh reprieve in alberta based upon what our politicians are saying but you know we can't bank on that either um it's got to happen at the grassroots level it's got to be people like you know the ones who are listening to this program um you know you have the power to to make this all go away remember why this changed this changed because of the freedom convoy that was the turning point and when politicians started to understand that people would not stand for this stuff that's when it changed and we have we have to keep pushing we have to get to the point where we have public accountability we have public inquiries where people are prosecuted for for the decisions that they made that that harmed us that's what we've got to do, folks, and uh, we need to be vigilant. And uh, but uh, no, God bless all the people in Alberta and elsewhere who said no and would not take these vaccines. And and uh, let's spread the word. Let's tell our friends and neighbors, don't get that booster. You know, you don't need it. And you know what? It it, it can kill you. Doctor Hodgkinson calls it the clot shot. Interesting. You know, there's a there's actually another group of heroes that are never mentioned, and some people won't agree with me. But I, since when is that motivating me to change what I'm going to say? Um, I always agree with you, Chris. Th there, there's a group of people who knew that this was wrong, 
they knew that that shot was dangerous or suspected it. I guess at this point, we have to say they suspected it. Um, and they sat probably alone with their thoughts and probably cried and then went to the pharmacy the next day and got that shot because that was the only way they believed that they could do what they needed to do for their children. There are thousands of people in this country, probably millions in that situation. I know some of them, some of them in my own family who actually spent a week crying because they were so scared of doing this and knew it wasn't what they said it was, but they did it anyway because they would take a bullet for their kids. So they took a shot for their kids. And some of them aren't with us anymore. That's the sad reality. But that's another group of heroes that aren't really ever mentioned is that people that knew what we knew, Leighton, but did it anyway because there's nothing they won't do for their kids. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. So um, where do we go from here? Um, I would suggest if you want to do something, go over to our Full Steam Ahead page, wsfullsteamahead.org. Check it out. Um, if you choose to get a membership and become part of that community, this is the kind of stuff we talk about. And this is the kind of stuff we want to do is help with this kind of thing. Um, we're not flashy. We don't have big events or anything like that. We try and do what we can. And to be fair, we haven't done a lot in the last year because I've been stretched thin and so has everybody else, but we really want to, we want to get to work and we want to get um, as many people as we can behind this. So in addition to what we've already done uh, to help fund this, we're going to continue doing whatever we can to the best of our ability to continue fundraising because I don't know for sure. Now I'm no lawyer, no accountant, but I'm going to assume that there's some significant costs that are going to be incurred here. Um, that's I'm, everybody knows that. So we're going to be working uh, with you guys to, to do what we can to help cover that and get it going. And if we can build this community of people that are actually seeking the truth, um, that shouldn't be a problem. So how about uh, on your end, Leighton? Uh, do you have anything set up where if people want to help out or chip in, they can they can do so? Uh, yeah, well, I think um, I'm going to mention uh, another uh, uh, great website. It's called Vaccine Choice Canada um, and also another one called COVID Care Alliance. Um, those are wonderful resources uh, for information about vaccines and and also um they have a lot of uh, different ways to get involved in protesting um and it, it is it's not just the you know making donations although that often helps um there's opportunities to you know to get involved and to volunteer and that's what it's going to take folks it's going to take a grassroots movement um this all happened uh, because we took our eyes off the ball we, we you know when i say we um many Canadians stop being involved at the grassroots level in our communities. And uh, some people moved in who had bad intentions and, and they took it over. And uh, we've got to take it back. We've got to take back, uh, you know, take back our freedoms. It's a wonderful website. I just had George Bears on my program. 
uh, another example, uh, there's, there are more and more, uh, uh, there's a, as I said, there's a coalition uh, of people who are, who are getting involved and are doing great work. And, uh, you know, we're starting to work together and uh, we're, com we're becoming powerful. They tried to divide us. They they called us conspiracy theorists. Tin what what was Mr. Kenny's tin foil hat conspiracy theorists? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like every you know just wait three to six months. Every conspiracy theory turns out to be a uh, public revelation. I, I in fact I can't think of one conspiracy theory that has not come true. I got one. Okay. Justin Bieber still isn't a reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Justin Bieber has suffered vaccine harms, hasn't he? That's why I brought him up. Yeah. Uh, wow. What a shame. You know. Um, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Not even Justin Trudeau. Uh, I would not even want him to suffer uh, the vaccine harms. I, I would bet almost anything he doesn't have this stuff in his body. Um, in fact, I, I watched a very interesting explanation of him getting his public shot and how it was all uh, staged and, and phony, but I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, folks, there's there, there's lots of different ways to get involved. Um, and if you want to support uh, what we're doing with this particular lawsuit, uh, I would invite you to contact Full Steam Ahead and uh, make a donation, offer to help out. Um, they're doing a lot of good work, um, as are these other organizations that uh, I mentioned. And uh, there's always opportunity to get involved. I mean, we always feel better when we have a problem or when something's bothering us, when we can take action. You know, that's the best, that's the best thing. You know, it's better than a pill. It's better than a sandwich. Better than, you know, uh, vaping some marijuana product. You know, take some action. You know, if it's not for yourself, uh, you know, take it to help someone else, you know um th th that's what we need we've got to all get together and work together and uh and uh, we're winning we're winning this look at where we are right now versus a year ago we are winning folks but we can't get complacent we got to push harder than ever we got to work harder than ever the job's not done we got a long way to go but the more people we get on this thing uh, uh and 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 pulling on the rope wow that's that's where the power is the power is in our numbers um, and I'm talking, I'm speaking now to the working class Canadians, the glue Canadians, the people who are doing everything. And we're the ones, we are the ones who are under attack, are the working class people. Um, and I'm talking about more than just the vaccines now. I'm talking about the World Economic Forum people. I'm talking about the UN 23rd agenda. Uh, this is all part of one thing, folks. If you don't believe me, read Klaus Schwab's books. You know, read the fourth industrial revolution, read COVID-19 and the great reset. You'll get it. You'll get it. You're smart, but it, it's all out there, folks. It's not a secret. Uh, it, it's, it's all out there what the agenda is. Uh, this, this, this pandemic was planned. These vaccines were, were created for this purpose to cull human populations. Okay. That's what this is all about. Uh, uh, somebody's saying, read your Bible. I agree. Every day. Well, and, you know, I'm right there with you. Like I've, the things that I've seen, you know, I, my mind, people try and tell me, but my mind can't be changed because they're, they're not backing up 
their their uh, argument with me with any facts or evidence. So I'm right I'm right there with you. But you, those there's some folks out there who may not believe that's the case. Um, they may not understand that there is a group of people that actually believe us to be useless eaters. They've said so much so much uh, in in words and in print, and they believe that seven billion of us need to be removed from the planet, and we need to be removed. It's right there in the book. You've you've read it. I've read it, and I'm sure lots of other people have. Through limited wars, um, loss of food security, loss of energy security, pandemics, vaccination programs. That one's straight out of Bill Gates's mouth. Mouth. These things are real. They sound like they're far out right now, uh, but really, all you have to do, if you don't believe it, is do nothing. Travel into the future 10 or 15 years, and you'll see it for yourself. But by then, it's too late. So I would strongly encourage anybody, even if you don't believe that this is why this is happening, get involved and do something so that you, at the very least, maintain your individual rights and freedoms. Because if you maintain your individual rights and freedoms and your self-determination and your prosperity, it doesn't matter what a government tries to get you to do. It doesn't matter what a government wants to do to you. They cannot do it to you because you are a human being and you have those rights. So if you can't get behind anything else, get behind that. If you can't get behind that, bugger off and go to China because I don't want you here. You don't belong here. If you believe that we shouldn't have rights and freedoms and be able to practice self-determination in our lives, you shouldn't live in this country. There's other countries with similar climates that would much better suit your ridiculous ideologies. So go there. Uh, For those of us here in Canada, we believe in those things. We're going to fight for those things. Um, And we're going to do it until our very last breath. So you're probably not going to want to live here if you want to be free. So that's my message. And that, my friends, is exactly why I spend so much time with the Alberta Prosperity Project. Because I believe in rights and freedoms. I believe in self-determination. And if this country that we're living in doesn't agree with me, they've already left me and I don't want to have anything to do with it. If we can repair it, great. If we can't, I'm out. And so should you. Now, Leighton, you mentioned before that people have taken their eye off the ball. They haven't been engaged or involved and done stuff. That's another reason I'm involved with the APP. Right now, the average Albertan works of a 50-hour work week. An average Albertan works 30 hours to pay bureaucracy, whether it's in your fuel tax or income tax or whatever. That's how much you work to pay the government. You have to live on the rest. So if you want to have a good standard of living, you have to likely work more hours. Pardon me. We work so many hours that we don't have time to be engaged. We don't have time to be on school boards or go to uh, CA meetings. We don't have the time. We've been put in these little boxes where we have to fight for our very existence, work 40 or 50 or 60 or 80 or 120 hours a week to feed our families and have a a reasonable lifestyle. And so we can't get involved. The people that do get involved are extremely wealthy and they get involved so that they can uh, influence policy so they get wealthier. It's, It's a sick, twisted democracy we live in. But it doesn't have to be like that. As long as some of us who are working 60 hours a week chip in a little bit more and just get it done. So 
that's another reason why I'm, I'm with the Alberta Prosperity Project. I want that back. I want to go back to a time where government is small, their hands are out of our pockets, we have time for our families. And at this point, the only way to do that is an independent Alberta. Can I put in a plug for the APP? Absolutely. Uh, I, will, I will be speaking at an event in Calgary on the 19th of October. And so if anybody is in the Calgary area, please come out. Have some great speakers there and uh, you'll meet some wonderful people. Uh, these meetings are so empowering. The, there's so much positivity there. Uh, it's great when Chris is there because he's hilarious. It's great when Dr. Roger is there because he's brilliant. Uh, and he just has a wonderful way of uh, a wonderful oratory. Uh, just a brilliant man. Uh, and uh, the rest of us sort of, you know, slough along and uh, try to do our best and spread information that's valuable to people. But um, I can tell you, I just love going to these meetings and meeting, meeting and talking to people and uh, answering questions. Um, so if you get a chance to go out to an APP meeting, please do so. If there's one in your area, check out the website, check out the Facebook page um because uh they really are worthwhile there are they're about freedom and prosperity that's what they are uh and uh you're going to meet some wonderful people i guarantee it oh uh that's the alex epstein event uh i think i think this is a chapter event i'm not sure if mr epstein is going to be there i had heard that the alex epstein uh event got postponed um but I'm not certain about that. I better check because yeah, I just yeah. posted something on my Facebook page. Alex Epstein yeah. is coming to speak uh, for, for an APP audience. Um, go to the APP website, check it out, get a ticket. I'm sure that it will be all updated there. Yeah. But really. I'd love to. I'd love to listen to him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an impressive guy. He's been speaking out against this anti-human agenda, specifically regarding the energy industry for years. And yeah. it's mind-blowing to hear what he has to say. So mm -hmm. go to the APP website, albertaprosperityproject.com, check out the events, uh, the event tab, and get your tickets. They're 40 bucks, I think, uh, but it includes beef on a bun, of course, because it's Alberta. And, and yes, just be there. I'll be there, and I'm very excited to meet Alex. Another thing I want to mention about the APP, a very common misconception is that this is just, just politics. APP transcends political parties. This isn't about the political parties. This is about Albertans coming together around an idea, and that idea is that um, we want to protect our rights, freedoms, and self-determination however we can, including and up to becoming an independent Alberta. And we're building this movement of people and, and explaining to them why this is the path that we have to take if we want that. And in turn, these people are influencing politics. It's happening. It's happening already. The membership is, is not, uh, it's not huge, but we're already influencing the way politicians are speaking to us. It influenced the UCP leadership contest for sure. Um, it gave a very good platform and, um, and ideas to an independence party, the independence party of Alberta, who are right on board with what the APP is advocating for. So no matter what you think of politics or political parties, the Alberta Prosperity Project is doing exactly what it set out to do. And that is something the politicians wouldn't do. Stand up and speak out and show Albertans that there is a path to prosperity. And that path to prosperity isn't by following a politician in a blue truck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So true. Anyway, yeah. There's my shameless pl plug for the APP, but I uh, I really do enjoy going to those as well because it's it's always a great crowd. And the thing that I like the most is oftentimes I'll ask the crowd how many people are are not yet members of the Alberta Prosperity Project. And depending on the area, it's between a third to about a half of the room puts up their hand. I usually speak last. And before I'm done, I'll often ask, how many of you who don't have memberships are still going to leave here without memberships? And hardly any people put up their hand, even the ones who came there because they don't agree with what we we're saying. The, what do you call it? The conversion rate for somebody who is not independence-minded to independence-minded after they hear what we have to say is very, very high because it's the truth. So please, um, check it out. And that up. At, at that rate, Chris, they're, they're going to have to ban your, your conversion therapy. <laughs> Here comes another meme. <laughs> oh, my goodness. On a completely off-topic note, did you see the video with David Menzies speaking before the... Uh, the school board yes oh my goodness <laughs> i gotta get a hold of that man and shake his hand because that was the most dramatic <laughs> pomp and circumstance i've ever seen and just knowing that it was six foot something david menzies <laughs> dressed up like that woman oh beautiful oh, yeah if you haven't seen That's it brilliant. yet watch it and oh yeah i want to point out that David wasn't making fun of the trans community at all. He was pointing out that what the school board was doing was completely out of line. Mm -hmm. What the, some of the teachers were doing was completely out of line. He was using their playbook against them. And mm -hmm. I respect that. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. Great video. Yeah, there, there was a lady in the United States who did something similar where she... Um, uh, she was protesting uh, some of the some of the drag queen story hour stuff that's going on there, and so she wore the exact outfit that uh, one of the drag queens had worn to a school board meeting, and said, "Well, obviously it's not okay for me to wear this to a school board meeting. So how can it be okay for a drag queen to wear it for kids?" Um, but yeah, makes <laughs> makes the point. You know yeah. how abs how absurd this is. You know, um, and I don't I don't have a problem with trans people. I don't have a problem with no dress drag. As a matter of fact, I would be perfectly happy to go to a drag competition because it's entertaining. As a matter of fact, and Leighton, you know this. A couple hundred years ago, or well, a few hundred years ago, there were no women actors, and the That's drag true. circuit was born because men dressed up like women, and they were the most famous. Um, there's nothing yes. wrong with that, but there is uh, a, a time and a place for things. And a kindergarten classroom, I don't think is a place for an adult themed thing like that. But I guess that's another conversation and probably could take another two hours. <laughs> yeah, a very interesting conversation. But I think most rational people would agree with you. And also that wearing 80 inch prosthetic breasts in shop class is probably not the best way to go. Yeah, and, and, and dangerous, I suppose. But. 
What do I know? Boy, there would be there would be something if they got caught in the the old wood lathe, though. <laughs> That's be, yeah. So on the rigs, one of the first thing I was taught was uh, don't put your fingers where you wouldn't put your. And I live by that. And look at that. I still got all my fingers. Mm -hmm. There they are. So when I saw that uh, person in the shop class, I was thinking, how would you even prevent that from ending up on the table saw or the, you know, <laughs> running through the bandsaw? Like, I, I don't know. Whatever. I, I had heard that that, that teacher was, um, that that might have been a put on, uh, that there was a history of, uh, of that teacher um in the past had been discriminated against and and so he was trying to make a point by dressing that way but i don't know it's hard to say that story sort of got killed didn't it a little bit yeah and i gotta say i don't believe that any person that had a legitimate uh complaint about being treated differently because they were trans i don't think they would specifically do that because it would almost seem disrespectful to the average everyday person who chooses to change their gender. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't agree with any, everything, but I'm the kind of person that I respect your decisions. You're a human being. I don't care if you're wearing uh, prosthetic boobs or not. Um, and just be nice to me and I'll be nice too. And that's, that's the end of it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know who knows what we don't even know what's real Leighton. That's another yes. thing in the last two and a half years. We have no idea what's real and what's yeah. not. But this, well, this show apparently was not controversial enough for you, Chris. And so, so now we had to wander into the, the Bramble Bush of transgenderism. Uh, so, yeah, you're definitely going to get the, the Facebook strike now. <laughs> you just gilded the lily. Bring it on, Meta, whatever. <laughs> Facebook's kind of like my spouse. I spend so much time, I almost said on it, but that would be another joke. I, almost, I spend so much time on it. So if they want to divorce me, I, I've been through that before. I I know how to handle it. So I guess if Maida needs to divorce me, they, they, then I'll find another social media platform. Oh, wow. Your followers will just follow you wherever you go, just like yeah. the Pied Piper. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully we don't have to get to that point. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe Maida uh, knows that the, the cat's out of the bag and they're more willing to allow people to speak the truth now because you can't hide it forever. And the fact checkers are just making themselves look like idiots for two and a half years. Like, how do they even, oh, wait a minute. I was going to say, how do they keep their paychecks? But they're funded by the people who disagree with us. That's how they keep their paychecks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, another two hour conversation. I better let you go, Leighton. You got? Uh, are you are you sticking around where you're at, or are you heading home tonight? Uh, I'm in Drayton Valley, uh, supporting uh, my hockey team, the Drayton Valley Thunder, who won tonight against Fort McMurray. Awesome. Good job, boys. Yeah, good and, job. Uh, I'm going to be here again tomorrow, and then next week I'm going to be in the Calgary office, uh, and I'm looking forward to, as I said, speaking at that uh, Calgary chapter event on the 19th. I saw in the notes, Chris, that uh, some of your intrepid followers have uh, have uh, confirmed that that Epstein event is actually on the 28th of October. 28th. In, uh, yes, in Calgary. And uh, actually, somebody was even kind enough to put up the, the website where people can go to buy tickets. 
so encourage them to you know to do that that that'd be great to get a, a nice big turnout there i'm sure it'll be a really really interesting um evening i shared the wrong poster oops i'll fix it yes definitely get your tickets and go you won't be sorry it's going to be an awesome night um, well thanks yeah. thanks so much chris i always really enjoy uh being on your program uh this isn't as much fun as the last time we we did the show and just outside your uh your 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 palatial home uh uh in mirror alberta mm -hmm. uh when we we did the, we were fighting off the mosquitoes that was awesome uh this this is it's not as good doing it virtually but i still really enjoyed uh being on your program and having the opportunity to to speak to your viewers uh so thanks very much for giving me that opportunity it's been an absolute pleasure as usual yeah and and likewise so uh, I would like to say, well, actually, before I say that, I'm going to say I will, I hopefully will be able to meet with you in person soon because I think we have some things to talk about and, and some planning to do because I want to help in a more of a capacity than just writing a, a check. Um, and also, I think it's really important that even though this, this class action is going to go for years, um, I'd like to start speaking to uh, these doctors again, some of whom I've already had on my show and and let people know that yes they're still doing things and yes yeah. they're still on the right path and keep that going i want that to be front and center what a great and, idea yeah and in closing i want to say thank you to all of the thousands of people that have supported ws full steam ahead from everything to buying memberships to donations buying merchandise attending our bibles and bulls uh, bull riding event this summer at the whistle stop cafe in mere alberta thank you very much to all of you who've done this um it's very expensive having an organization. I had no idea. Websites are expensive. There's all sorts of fees. Like it's ridiculous. So the membership has made that possible. And a very special thank you to uh, someone who I came to be good friends with throughout this whole thing, uh, who's no longer with us. A man who built his life in Canada as an immigrant from nothing. And he built up to the point where he could help people like me and you doing the things we're doing. And that man actually in the last 10 days of his life, Layton, had a conversation with me regarding how we were going to use the donation that he gave full steam ahead. And I told him what you were doing. And you know what he said? Go get him. And that was the last conversation I ever had with him. This is your, your friend from, from Bentley. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's moved on and, uh, he was really happy that he was able to do something like that and potentially make a difference in people's lives. So, uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Wow. That is, uh, thanks for, thanks for sharing that, that, uh, that is, that is very inspiring. Yeah, I wish you. I wish he would have been around to see the results, but uh, unfortunately, you can't. Mother Nature wins every time, and and yeah, it is. And none of us are going to get out of here alive. No, nope, so let's, let's do something. Let's do something while we're here. Something meaningful. All right, I'm going to go do something meaningful, and that is uh, probably get ready for bed so I can get rested up and do something else tomorrow morning. Okay, thanks again, Chris. It's been a real joy talking with you tonight. 
you as well, Aiden. Thanks. Take care. Have a good night. Bye -bye. And uh, tell the boys I said congratulations. Good job. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Well, there you have it, folks. WS Full Steam Ahead has put their support behind Mr. Leighton Gray, Gray Wolf Spencer Law, who are uh, building a class action lawsuit against those who are responsible for providing, I don't know what to call it, drugs that are harming people. Um, there is going to be justice eventually. It might not be soon, but it will happen. And uh, with your support and the support of uh, uh, people like Leighton and, and people that stick their necks out to do the right thing, we're going to win. There's no, there's no question. And even if the wind doesn't look like we think it looks, I want you to consider that we've probably already won. Because look around you, look at the comments, look at the, the people who have come together and unified around an idea. And the idea is that we all are human beings and we have our freedom. We are free. We know that. We know who we can count on. So for me, I've never even considered that in my life before this stuff happened. So I've already won, and I hope you feel the same. Good night, everybody.